Today's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Please go to Patchworks if you would like to buy any cool synthesizer stuff. If you do that, let us know what you got. Tag Podulum Podcast and Patchworks on the social media. Thank you. Pod Mod Bods, I'm back in Washington State. I'm standing in my increasingly warm and muggy living room. It's going to get hot today, so I'm trying to get this done beforehand. Why am I telling you this? It's good to be back in Washington State. I had fun in Michigan. Um, Ann Arbor is a lovely little town, um, and it was really cool to get to meet Joe, Bill, and Nick from North Coast Modular Collective. Um, and that's who we're going to be talking to today. I want to give a little bit of a warning on the sound quality of this one. We recorded it outside at a at a bar, and there was a beer festival happening a few blocks down the road, and there was some definitely some some spillage from that into the bar. But uh, I think that it adds for some ambiance. I think it, it might be kind of fun. Um, and if it totally, totally bothers you, well then I... I'm sorry that uh, your neurology works that way. But rest assured that next week, when we do part two of this episode, um, we got Nick coming on. Because we just have Joe and Bill on this episode, because Nick couldn't make it that night. So we get Nick next week. Um, And Joe, Nick, and I went to a study room in the library at the University of Michigan to record ours. So it will be kind of the polar opposite in sound quality. So, uh, yeah, just sit tight and we'll, uh, you'll get to that nice, calm, quiet of a study room next week. Um, before we get into this episode, I have to tell you, I went to, uh, there's this event that's been going on for about five years in Seattle called, uh, Lucio lights. They do it up at volunteer park, thousands of people up at volunteer park, uh, don't get me started on the bathroom situation. Um, but Modular Seattle did a, uh, they, th- they threw a, uh, a quad modular performance with three video screens. Um, it, was, it was maybe the best thing that I've seen uh, in Seattle as far as the modular, the modular scene goes. Um, and actually, I don't even know why I need to qualify that. It was, it was one of the coolest experiences I've had uh, musically in a long time. So, uh, just got to give huge shout out to, uh, modular Seattle and Lucille lights. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and get, uh, everybody who coordinated that event to come on and talk about it because it was such a, such a cool thing. And, and maybe we'll play some, some tracks from, uh, from the artists. Cause I saw some, some amazing performances, Swift Tuttle, absolutely amazing. Kyle dark sparkler did some pretty good, great stuff on his, uh, on his bukla um donald crunk good as always uh but i have to say my friend david lutz who kind of is one of the three who got me into um modular and my writing partner when it comes to like film scoring stuff he i've been saying it i've been saying it for years he's the best modular synthesis that i know um and last night he really proved that he's he's next some next level stuff and that's i mean and everybody who played with him are all 
like leaps and bounds ahead of the average. So yeah, it was just, it was a hell of a lineup. Um, I wish I remembered that there was this duo there that I hadn't heard of. I was wondering if they're maybe out of town. It was like a, a, a male female duo, two different modular systems. And they were fucking awesome too. I need to, you know what? I'm going to pause and look their name up because they deserve the credit. Okay. I'm back. And holy shit. That duo was uh, technological taxidermy out of, uh, out of, uh, Spokane, Washington. I've been wanting to meet them forever, and I was sitting right in front of them, and uh, actually we had to leave a little early because Hannah had to work at 5 a.m. this morning. So I wasn't able to uh, say goodbye or see everybody set. But um, that's, yeah, Tobias and Chelsea. Uh, Tobias uh, performs under the, or uh, on Instagram is uh, Simmental, S-I-M-M-E-N-T-A-L-L, and Chelsea is at uh, conflux.redo. C-O-N-F-L-U-X dot R-E-D-U-X. Um, yeah, their set was awesome. And uh, dang it, I wanted to meet them in person. Well, at least I got to see them play. That was cool. Okay, we're going to get into a demo quickly-ish. But I want to tell you about Needham Woodworks. Uh, beautiful, beautiful handcrafted wooden Euro rack cases. I've been telling about telling you about them for weeks. And I've been telling you guys for weeks that mine is on the way and I don't know how far away it is like I said I don't want to ask but just by looking at uh, Needham Woodworks Instagram account I think it's getting close so I can't wait to have it here and, and take pictures and show you guys but please go uh, check out needhamwoodworks.com to uh, to see about getting yourself the finest piece of furniture you'll ever own that doubles as a Eurorack case. Um, he also does other furniture. I don't know if he's still doing that, but you know, if you want a Eurorack case and a new coffee table or something, I don't know, maybe check it out. N-E-E-D-H-A-M, woodworks.com. Also, Velocity, Seattle, October 5th. You've been hearing me talk about that for a while. we got a good lineup that's going to be fun. Live podcast, Ben Div, Kid Wilson's going to be here. So uh, please go to Velocity, Seattle. Dot com to learn more about that. Um, I got to bring my little crema cafe stand with me when I went to Ann Arbor and, uh, yeah, it traveled great. It made it there, made it back and it held my digitact the whole time I was there. So go check out crema, crema cafe design dot shop to learn more about their handy, handy cases. Um, my, my seven U make noise case is sitting right in front of me on top of one as I speak. Um, also want to thank everybody. Got some pretty good. Uh, got some a bunch of new Patreon subscribers, and uh, I want to thank you so much because you're getting me so much closer. I am. I am possibly. It's kind of. It's kind of a, a scary thing, but I might be tomorrow. At work. Giving like a two weeks notice and trying to go on like a one or two month sabbatical. I've I've been trying to save up some money. Um, and I've got some teaching gigs coming up in September that won't float the boat completely, but hopefully with some savings, the help from Patreon and any new Patreon subscribers that want to join up, I really want to try to get more involved in doing video stuff. And I know I just, there's so much more I want to do. And, uh, yeah, you guys are helping me make that possible. So patreon.com forward slash podular modcast go up there and have me make you a patch. I just have, I think I have a few submissions. I actually got to go. I got to go check out and uh, do some patch challenges for you. I've also gone live on Instagram a few times in the last few days, and that's been really fun. So anybody who's been there and, and hung out, 
Uh, thanks for joining and keep an eye out. I think I'm going to be doing that somewhat regularly. Um, oh, and one more note on the Patreon thing. Got to give some shout outs. I got to give a shout out to uh, Cherish the Love, and uh, she's going to be receiving one of those cool care packages in the mail. And I also got to induct David. David, I got to induct David O'Brien into the Cool Kid Club. David, you are officially a pod mod cool kid. Also, right now, today, Monday, first four people to sign up for Patreon. Get, uh, I'm gonna send you a little cool gift package with uh, who knows you never know some download codes some stickers a personal note uh, yeah so first four today because I've I'm sending six out I got all this stuff together and I was like okay I have enough to send six out so uh, yeah clock's ticking y'all all right let's uh, let's check out a demo and then we will get into this episode all right guys i just got the four band distortion from dpw design in the mail this weekend and uh we're gonna we're gonna just do a really quick quick and dirty run through of it um i'm having a lot of fun with it it, it can be a uh it can be a preamp an overdrive or a distortion um you can use it as like a four band equalizer if you have your distortion off um but it's really great for bass. So right now you hear this uh, this angle grinder going behind me, just a, a really, really nice sine wave. Let's run that through the DPW four band distortion. Now, I've got all the parameters set to uh, noon on this. So there's a gain and a volume knob up top. And then for like the equalizing section, you have a low, a high, a low mid, and a high mid. So all of those are at noon. Let's crank all of those up. Now let's crank our gain up. Bring that gain back down. Now let's bring each parameter down individually. We'll bring the high down. We'll bring the high mid down. Bring the low mid down. We'll bring the low down. Bring that high up. <laughs> so that's just the high and the high mid up. Now you'll hear that there's some noise in there and I that's just because I'm feeding in a sine wave and there's not much of a, a high, harmon high harmonic there or any at all really to boost. So, um, but I kind of like that about it. So we'll, in future demos, we will see um, that high section work a little bit more uh, efficiently. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. Now let's get into what is my favorite part about this module. There's an on switch or an off switch and you can put a gate into the on CV in and I don't know right there that's just the bees knees to me all right let's mess with some of these parameters let's run this through the uh, the disting mark for uh, high pass band pass filter turn this back on that's pretty cool uh, let's also run it through the uh, 
the, the tape delay on the disting. Yeah, go to uh, DPW Design. Uh, that's actually dpw.se to learn more about the Ford Band distortion. And uh, don't forget, we're up to 4.12 on the firmware updates uh, on the disting. That's three firmware updates this year. Um, and an honorable mention to Angle Grinder from Schlappy Engineering, still one of my favorite modules. Let's do a nice casual thing. Sounds good. Right on. So we're in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yep. Seen it right. Yep, Ypsilanti, mm -hmm. Michigan. You got it. Y P S I L A N T I. That's right. Damn. Yep. Named after a Greek general. Really? Yeah, something okay. like that. There's a statue. Mm. Yeah. A Greek general. Yeah. But that came here. Or? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the history, what the connection is exactly, but yeah, that's where the name mm. came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm sitting here with, do uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, I'm Bill Van Leeu. I'm Joe Bauer. Joe Bauer, Bill Van Leeu. And you guys are two-thirds of the... Uh, no, more like two sevenths two actually. Sevenths. Yeah. yeah, of North Coast Modular Collective, <laughs> of the organizers. Yeah, of the North, core yeah. organizers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I've listened to your episode with uh, with Darwin Gross, mm -hmm. so I don't want to cover too much stuff. So I, I advise the listener to go check that out. So if I if I start encroaching on any of that territory, <laughs> let me let me know. But. Um, Let's do a quick elevator pitch of yeah. how to get started, how are you guys involved, and then I want to pick up, like, um, uh, we were talking in the car, Joe and I were talking about uh, some updates, some of the stuff that you've been doing since uh, the Darwin episode. Yeah. Okay. So North Coast Modular Collective, we, we say it's about music and instruments um, and uh, community. And we really are trying to kind of bring those three kinds of things together um, and make it so that uh, people can get started with synthesizers, get into them um, more easily, make it a little bit more inclusive, um, and um, really trying to kind of get the community involved in a lot of this. And so we have a lot of community partners that have been amazing um, helping us get things going. So we do like meetups where people come out you know, not too much different from a regular synth meetup. Mm -hmm. um, people present or do a you know a performance or both. Um, we also have things where like we do workshops. Um, people come out and you know DIY some stuff together. Um, we help them learn how to do that, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, we've also done a symposium yep. with some like college faculty come out and we get nerdy and, and really talk about you know 
stuff. Okay, and how often yeah. are these? And are they always kind of in the Ann Arbor area, or? Yeah, we've uh, we've we've kind of settled on a schedule where our meetups are every two to three months. Um, and the reason for that, you know, it'd be tempting, and we've talked about doing them monthly. Um, but what we've sort of settled into a schedule of is every two to three months, and then in between the public meetups, what we talked about is the core organizers tend to gather. Um, to kind of plan, do product development, that kind of stuff in those in-between sessions. So for us, we, we call those our open lab times for like the, the core organizers. And for us, you know, like I said, that's time for us. For, for working on a new module idea, we might come together physically to work on that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, try some things out. Um, you know, do some planning, have conversations, try out new ideas. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. So you guys, you guys are kind of... Mm -hmm. I know you were doing a lot of, um, I love the, the faceplate design with the topographic maps of different areas of Michigan. Thank that you. Yeah, so thanks. Cool. Yeah, and, thanks. And I, had, I had just, when I found out about you guys, I was kind of early when I started the podcast, I just recently got a clouds and I saw that you guys have the Kalamazoo clouds, which mm -hmm. I went to school in Kalamazoo and lived there. So it's kind of like this, this like perfect thing and ended up getting rid of that clouds because I didn't understand how it worked. And the only thing that was keeping me from getting rid of it was like, I want this faceplate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys do the faceplate, yeah. but then Joe, you just gave me the, one of your guys's um, uh, flint faders. So yeah. you're, you're, you're venturing into some design stuff? Or yeah. What, 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 is, what exactly is going on with the module stuff? Yeah. So. The collective really is just, it's a collective, and so it's not like a full-time job for anybody. Um, and it's, it was kind of founded on like, hey, let's all chip in a little bit of effort and time and, and, and expertise and so forth. And together we can be, you know, a little bit more than just if we were doing this stuff all on our own. Mm -hmm. And so that, that has led to us, you know, being able to do things like, you know, Bill's got some amazing graphic design, so he came up with a lot of the faceplate stuff. I've, you know, chipped in with some, a little bit of electrical engineering kind of hodgepodging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eagle, you know, messing around uh -huh. kind of stuff. Uh -huh. Joe is selling himself uh, drastically short. Yeah. No. He's really, he's really been the primary driver between, you know, behind our modules designs. Yeah. It's better yeah. to be paired up with somebody with imposter syndrome than Dunning-Kruger. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got um, some legit programmers in the collective who have been doing some amazing stuff with some of the other more digital kinds of things that we've been oh, okay. prototyping. And a lot of it starts off with like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, or wouldn't it be fun if, and that kind of stuff. And as as North Coast Modular Collective has kind of evolved and, and become more um, mature, we've, we've started thinking about like what we're going to be putting out and why. And we've been look, leaning much more to kind of keeping it towards our mission of community and music and instruments and keeping it more towards like, these are things um, that we'll release that are things that we can have like workshops with uh -huh. and people can kind of like really kind of understand what how it works okay that kind of stuff and and starting kind of in the simple area but also trying to make it like the design choices we made make it so that they're a little like they have fewer parts and they have lower cost mm -hmm. yeah um so that you know it's, it can be a little bit more inclusive and price friendly for people 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we've yeah. actually been really influenced. I know you've done a lot with Abe from AI Synthesis. Yeah. So we've been really. Yeah, you, I was thinking of when you. Yeah, were we've been really influenced by that sort of path that he's laid out. So, uh, yeah. you know, his approach, uh, their approach of starting with a set of very very simple builds like a malt mm -hmm. and a mixer and you know kind of working up to an envelope and filter and all those things where there's a very clear sort of progression of difficulty in terms of like building the module and also like a corresponding increase in functionality that's definitely been something that's influenced our philosophy and so you know we actually have our own malt and our own uh, you know various things where we're mm -hmm. trying to build that very clear progression and making sure that our build instructions are also really clear and uh, making it something where you know like we ran workshops uh, as part of our North Coast Modular Collective summer camp a couple of weeks ago where folks were buying those as kits and then we were there in person building them together and giving them some guidance and that so it really is about trying to see a path for people where they don't have to be intimidated to start getting mm -hmm. into modular or synthesis in general, but then if they want to start getting into the DIY side of things, um, there's some there's some you know easy on ramps so to speak for those yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I feel like it's so crucial to have people like you guys in Abe because it can be a very very intimidating and confusing world. Even like you know you buy mm -hmm. some of the so even some of the bigger manufacturers don't have that well of documentation as far as manuals and, and everything and sometimes even the manuals like they kind of there's like a I feel like a lot of the manuals I see there's an assumed level of knowledge that sure. maybe I'm, yeah. I'm not at so it, I, I love seeing mm -hmm. uh, people doing what you guys are doing and you guys mentioned the summer camp thing um, did you guys make t-shirts for the for the summer camp or? <laughs> Well, you know, he's again, teasing us now because we're both happen to be wearing one from it. Purely, purely coincidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where because we we are a collective, our members all have different skill sets and interests. And one of our folks, Dan Blades, um, is just really excellent at screen printing, among many other talents. And uh, so he did all the design work and screened some T-shirts for for us for that event and mm -hmm. that we could then sell and, and so on so yeah, yeah. for the listener yeah. being from seattle i gotta say these are some old school sonics colors you guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so what is the yep. what, so the summer camp is just kind of um how does that differ from your kind of bi-monthly events is it as well is it more extended multiple day type thing or um yeah we yeah. are you know it's it's one of those things where at the beginning um i almost suggested it as a joke like like, wouldn't it be fun to have summer camp for grown-ups? And uh, it's 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 day camp. It's not sleepaway camp, yeah, because it's it's at my house. So basically, the last couple of years, I've hosted a three-day kind of getaway at my house for the core organizers to come together and do different things. So the first year, we were really focused on building some modules uh, together and okay. also building cases, and that's yeah. kind of since become a big part of what I'm doing in the collective is building cases, doing case okay. designs and building cases, because that kind of fits nicely with the interest that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then we started thinking about wanting more time to play music and jam together, and so our second year we included some more time for that. And this year we took on a big piece of yeah. doing live streaming each night and then culminating with a public day of performances and workshops because it really was intended originally to just be for the core folks that were organizing stuff uh, but we definitely wanted a way to pull more people in okay yeah because it was last year when we were doing the summer camp we got a lot of people replying back to our social media posts like hey 
when I can come I to come? Summer camp? Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, where do I go? And uh -huh. that kind of stuff. And that was about the same time when we did that interview with Darwin Gross, uh -huh. and we were telling him, you know, we're at a we're at this point where we're trying to figure out how to include more people and how to get more than just us seven going. And we were just starting to do our public meetups at that point. I think we had had like two had or a couple, three yeah. by that time. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, so the, the summer camp was a pretty this last summer camp uh, a few weeks ago was a really good point for us to kind of really open the doors and and, this is and try it out. Third. This, this is our third year. Third, yeah. Third, yeah. yeah. Okay. Third summer. So what kind of mm -hmm. growth have you seen? as far as like people wanting to be a part of it and over the past three years? Well, um, you know, the, the main sort of core three days of summer camp, we've kept to just the, the core organizers. Uh -huh. But we've, we've tried a few different things this year to bring it to more people. So we, we came up with this idea of a virtual summer camp where you could use a hashtag and like kind of share out if you were somewhere else in the country, if you're in Seattle or if you're in wherever, you could... Uh, you know, you could post a photo or something on social media showing what you were doing if you were making a, a module or having a jam or doing an improv or whatever to kind of feel like part of the that summer camp is kind of a movement, not just, just a specific like physical event. Uh -huh. um, but then the other piece or another piece was the evening streaming sessions that we did. So we did yeah. three uh, sessions Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights of summer camp where we were streaming. Um, and that was kind of a mixture of some chat about what we were up to as a collective as well as performances by local folks that were outside of the core organizers group. Uh, so each night we had um, a few different performers. Um, so that was a nice chance in the evening, kind of low-key low to invite people in. Um, another of our collective members, Nick, uh, kind of spearheaded that part and he put tons and like hours and hours into figuring out how to stream to multiple platforms. We did a whole multi-camera thing. We wanted to make it something where if you were an, a relatively uh, new or, um, or underground artist and you wanted an opportunity to perform, uh, to get your music out there, but also then have like a nicely recorded multi-camera video of, of your performance that you could put on your own social media or have as part of your press kit, you know, that yeah. we would kind of have that opportunity for people. Oh, cool. So each night we had a couple more people in, and then the Friday evening uh, we linked up with the ModVap crew. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was uh, Aaron out of Chicago who does Afro Rack, which okay. is a really awesome thing. And I don't know if, if you haven't had him on the podcast, I'd recommend... Okay. Getting in touch with him. Yeah, if you're listening, shout, yeah. shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Podcast <at> <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, he's doing some awesome stuff, um, teaching uh, uh, and spreading the word about uh, modular and doing what's called mod bap, which if you know if you haven't heard about it, it's like the the kind of boom bap hip hop yeah, in no, modular. I have, I have, I, I know yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Is that cicadas that I'm in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cicadas. Yeah, awesome. we're, we're in the yeah. middle of summer in yeah, Michigan. Yeah, here. I saw some fireflies last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he and um, Corey, who's the B-Boy Tech Report, and Ollie, who does Ollie the Architect, mm -hmm. um, they all had a, a, a cool conversation talking about what that was, you know, what ModBap is all about, okay. and all that kind of stuff. So you yeah. guys are kind of joining, like, joining forces with the Chicago crew. And yeah. Chicago, we're kind of mm -hmm. bringing in the whole, like, Midwest. Thing. It's all North Coast. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're right across Lake Michigan, <laughs> so. Uh -huh. Yeah, so Aaron actually was able to travel and join us in person, and then we brought those other two guys in uh, virtually over, our, uh, like, a hangout. 
and then uh, one of our guys that evening did a, a performance, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then Saturday was our our full public day. Uh -huh. So basically, yep. like if you'd been watching the streams and you wanted a chance to to connect more in person, then that Saturday afternoon we did um, some building workshops at a local makerspace that's focused on electronics um, here in Ypsilanti called Tinker Tech, mm -hmm. and then an evening of performances that were kind of celebrating summer camp okay. uh, that Saturday evening. So yeah, so cool. Yeah. You know, I, I hear you guys talking about this, and it sounds like um, it's it's so multifaceted, and it's definitely like it seems like you guys are getting good ideas as you go and running with them, and it, it almost reminds me of Eurorack as a format in general. Like, there's no there's Fine, no yeah. like standard, yeah. and everybody's just kind of <laughs> figuring it out as they're going along, and it's I don't know, it's that's just kind of a, a little. That's a that's a nice analogy, I mean, and really, I think there's a there's a lot to support that because what we're doing is not just coming up with our own pioneering ideas, but looking at other things that we're seeing in the community, mm -hmm. you know, and getting inspired by those things and kind of trying our own take on it. So yeah. I mean, sort of the you know the format for our public meetups is very closely patterned after what the Rocky Mountain uh, synth meetup folks right. were doing. You know, we see other folks doing streaming and and how powerful that is in building a community mm -hmm. and connecting folks and. And you know events like modular on the spot, like all of those things, yeah. we're we're not like we're not necessarily breaking any new ground, but we're we're looking out there at what ideas seem to work well and trying to yeah. trying to focus them into our direction. You know, that's kind of interesting to me because as as we've been sitting here talking, I've kind of been wondering like, what is it that what is it that led you guys in the direction that you went rather than just starting another modular on the spot. Yep. And then after talking with you guys about what you do professionally, mm -hmm. I kind of started thinking, oh, maybe that has something to do with it. You're both tied into education. Like, right. Sure. In, so, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. So, it, it, like, how much did that, how much does what you do professionally do you think influence how you guys came about it? That might be two-sevenths of an influence. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm only talking to you guys. But, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, and as it happens, yeah. it's, it's kind of just as it happens, uh, we're the same two that talked to Darwin for his podcast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like an outside, vo outsized voice, you know, I guess from the public face of the collective. Well, I'm hoping but, I'll get to yeah. talk to Nick um, yeah. sometime this week. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's great. I think in general, a lot of the people in the core organizers for North Coast Modular Collective are interested in helping the community and connecting people. And, and I think a lot of us are energized by, in a way, teaching, but also just like helping people get started and going and collaborating with people on things mm -hmm. and, and learning more from each other. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. that makes me think, so like, I've, I've beaten, I've beaten the horse to death about how much I've talked talked about the community aspect of, yeah. of modular synthesis, especially lately. Yeah. Um, I would like to hear your guys' hot take on why do you think, why do you think, what is that, what is that link there? Like, cause I've never yeah. been in another type, like music, like never anywhere else in, in any sort of musical endeavor has it been, this yeah I mean I think I think a good part of it is that uh, you know it's a it's a hobby or a or an artistic pursuit that requires so much technical knowledge uh -huh. um, you know the the knowledge of how to pick up and start playing electric guitar is pretty widely diffused across the world uh -huh, right okay. you know it's like yeah. you don't have to know uh, not that you don't have to know much but it's it's a pretty easy entry point to say oh I want to start playing electric guitar 
uh-huh. uh, you know, there's a lot of on-ramps that will get you there pretty successfully, right? Uh-huh. And I think modular, partly because of the technical aspect, uh, you know, this, the talk, we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. about the barrier to entry is often just that first part of buying a power supply in a case yeah, or a case in yeah. a power supply. And so we've made some actually some really specific on, you know, attempts to figuring out how to make that barrier to entry lower. Um, but I think it's the need to go out and find that information that isn't nearly as widely available or is maybe a little more cryptic than than something like playing electric guitar. Um, I, th- I think that's part of it, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and so I, hopefully what happens is that people who have gone through that themselves then want to help other people who, that's you know, who might be it. wanting it to seems, get going. because somewhat empathy-driven. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when you think about your personal yeah. experience and getting yeah. into it, like, fuck, that was hard. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. we are so excited about it and you want other people yeah. to be in on it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, anything to make it easier, maybe. Yeah. One of the things that I've been intrigued by, and I don't know if this has anything to do with this part of the conversation, but is the open source nature of a lot of manufacturers and people in the industry. I mean, you know, Dieter Dopfer himself, you know, published the specs for Eurorack and it was started that way where, you know, he didn't like have, you know, some sort of patent on it or something. He, you know, let everybody go. So in a way that sort of reinforces a network kind of Mm -hmm. um, thing. Yeah, um, I feel like people take yeah. cues from that on down the line. Yeah, and yeah. so in, and you know you'd be remiss not to mention you know the big names like you know Emily Gillet and Bafaco and those who yeah. all are doing all their stuff is is open source as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, so yeah, and I think we're just kind of following along in their footsteps. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. I've never really thought about it, but had had Dieter Dofer decided to patent the Eurorack format, would we be sitting here having this conversation? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it might have ended up becoming a niche thing that, that their company did, and maybe he licensed it off. I mean, it's sort of like the, you know, it's sort of like the uh, the analogy between Apple and, uh, and like, open source stuff like Linux, uh-huh. right? Like, Apple makes amazing products. But uh, you know they only had a very short-lived attempt at licensing their ideas to other folks, and then pulled it back in-house. And if you want an Apple, you buy it from Apple. You know, right, right. if you want to buy a Mac. Whereas yeah. things like Linux have just ramified and exploded into a million different variations. And you know, I think there's maybe an analogy to draw there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I wonder, do you think do you think it's going to get standardized with how popular it's getting now, or uh, have have we peaked modular? Like, have we? Has, <laughs> Has, is the bubble as big as it's going to get? I'm sorry, Ben. I think Ben Jarvis has told me to stop asking the question about the industry, but I think that was that was less. <laughs> I mean, I think in one way it would do really well to become more standardized. And so what I mean by that is it's still, you know, Mylar Melodies has talked about this some, right? Where it's still sort of the wild, wild west as far as things like power consumption and marking on modules and mm-hmm. those things. It would be wonderful actually if there was more standardization. Yeah. So you what is one didn't, year? yeah, you didn't. Yeah, right. So you didn't have that that like constant work of like if I plug this mm-hmm. in backwards will my whole thing blow up yeah you know so that part would be great if there was more standardization but no I think on the other technological end of it I, I think that it'll continue to expand I mean we're you know I'm personally really interested in this sort of hybrid approach of not just modular but modular and software and laptops and standalone hardware 
and I, I just see that continuing to expand where things are I'm with even more cross-connected. Yeah, so like totally all the semi-modular synths and things like, you know, Arturia's controllers having CV and gate outs in the year 2019 is bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. You know, so I, I, I think that that will continue to happen where manufacturers and, and designers start to build in even more interconnectability. Um, it, it, you know, so I think that I think that's almost even just beginning in yeah. some ways. You hear that electron? I want CV on my Digitag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you you have to get going. Pretty I do soon. have to get going here. Um, yeah. So Joe and I are going to uh, dive into his his story a little bit more. But awesome. You go, yeah. What's what's your what's your background? How did you find, how did you end up here at this table having this conversation with that shirt on? Okay. Yeah, so uh, so Joe was my entry into the world of modular. Okay. Uh, we actually go back a long way as sort of common acquaintances doing like sort of experimental electronic music in the Ann Arbor, Detroit area. Okay. And we'd uh, we'd always sort of been in like you know concentric orbits or something, mm -hmm. right? Like knew a lot of the same people and hadn't crossed paths a ton. I was doing a lot of uh, like what you could call software modular with things like Max MSP, uh -huh. um, but also really sort of deeply rooted in the Detroit techno scene. Uh-huh. Um, and so my musical path is kind of, you know, weaved and wandered all over the place. Um, for me, I... <laughs> if you can't tell, we are at a bar outside yeah. right now. I yeah. Hope, I hope you guys don't mind. <laughs> um, so my, I, you know, I, I definitely become a lot less active in, you know, from like 2005, really for about 10 years as I, I had switched careers into teaching. Uh, you know, our, we were raising our kids and I was doing a master's degree and really it was sort of tw like summer of 2016 that I kind of poked my head out and went, I'm almost done with my master's, I have some energy, my kids are getting older, I don't have to be quite so much day to day on all the little things uh -huh. and, uh, and I can start developing, you know, devoting some more energy to music. And right around that same time, Joe kind of reached out and said, "Hey, I've been doing this thing with another friend. Like, let's let's get together. Let's hang out. Let's maybe you know have a have an improv together." And mm -hmm. one thing led to another, and I was staring at his rack of Eurorack, and I shouldn't have ever touched it. <laughs> right? I, I should have like resisted the temptation to ever patch in that first patch cord because then of course it was yeah. it was all over. It was you know mere months until I'd had my own yeah. case and power uh -huh. supply, you know, and then it's all downhill from there. We'll have to share you the picture I took. Yeah, you. We actually have a record of moment. the exact moment of me, like with, with his amazing at, grin on his face. For the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So no. So that's really it. And then of course, you know, for me personally, it, it does play really nicely at the intersection of a few things. So yeah, you know, I'm a I'm an educator by trade. Uh, that's my that's my profession. You know, so as soon as as soon as uh, we started the idea of sharing knowledge, that that really speaks to me deeply. Um, you know, Joe talked a little bit about the graphic design aspect that was part of my sort of previous career of doing interaction design before I switched to teaching. And then, um, you know, all the case building, like kind of plugs into my making and woodworking, like all of these things. And of course, electronic music. So it was sort of like a perfect storm for me, yeah, uh, jumping like in and getting involved. Well, that's awesome. Is yeah. there, now, is there anywhere that you want people to check out? Do you have any? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, like if you go to billvanloo.bandcamp.com, uh, that's where my last record was. And I run sort of a little boutique record label called Chrome Decay. So you can go to chromedecay.org to see all of my uh, past releases. And it's on iTunes and Spotify and things as well. Cool. And then, of course, North Coast Modular Collective. Uh, 
you know, I think you'll start seeing some more uh, cases, case designs of mine popping up on our Etsy soon. Okay. We did a short run of like small, inexpensive flat pack style, sort of Ikea style cases. And then I'm doing some nicer, um, you know, uh, sort of more fine, refined cases that I'm doing as well. Okay. And you know, and that's one of those things, you know, we keep talking about community over and over, but like Needham Woodworks, right? Yeah. Like as soon as you had your interview with him, started following what he's doing and I'm already gleaning tips and it's ideas and things. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not building monster cabinets, <laughs> but you know, all those little yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's such a it's such a small world that I'm I'm definitely drawing inspiration from all over the place. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Just that, yeah. Yeah. More of that community stuff. And that's V A N L O O. Yeah. Yeah. A space? Uh, you oh, know, fine. so I I always spell my last name with a space. Uh-huh. Uh, v A N space capital L O O. Uh, on my license, it says it has one word. Okay, so, so how do people? Uh, well, yeah. I guess there's no. So inevitably, it's URLs. messed up all over the yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, BillVanLu.bandcamp.com. Very cool. For well, the recordings. Thank yeah. you for. I know you're yeah. really, really busy. Yeah, I'm it's. A, you, you got me in the one time here. that I yeah. could. So yeah, thanks, right Tim. Yeah, thank you. All right, Joe. Good, good to see you as always. We'll be back soon with Joe. Okay, let's take another listen to what this DPW design. Four band distortion can do. Now earlier I put it through, uh, put a sine wave through it, and that was pretty fun. But what happens when we take something like this and run it through there? So here's a clean sound. This is just Erica drums and the tip top one, just doing some, just doing its their thing. But let's see what happens when we do this. Okay, that's with everything pinned. The low, mid, the high, mid, the low, and the high are all, all the way up, and so is the gain. So let's start messing with some of these parameters. Let's take this low, mid down. Low, mid to noon. Let's take high, mid down to noon. Let's take high down to noon. Let's take high all the way down. Put high, mid up. Let's take low, mid down. So that's low mid and high all the way down, and we have the low and the high mid all the way up. Let's reverse that. Alright. Now I'm just down. Ooh, that's that's the spot right there. That is the spot. My name is Tim, and I'm here to say that the four-band distortion is a really good thing, and I can't express it enough that you really should try the, uh, the CD in on it, because it's pretty fun. Let's go a little faster again. Alright, let's turn this, uh, this, this on switch off and only use the CD to control the distortion. Are you kidding me? Forget about it.
Go to dpw.se to learn more about the four-band distortion. I'm not going to start uh, rapping. Any, I'll never rap again. I'm sorry about that. It's just like a beat like this. Just like you can't you can't help but want to go like. Well, my name is Blah, and I'm here to say that I something something in some something way. <sighs> Remember when that was what rap was like? Now it's all mumbly. I don't know. I don't get it, guys. I think I'm officially old. Anyways, I'm really enjoying this thing. Alright. Yeah. So Bill just left. We found a quieter spot in the beer garden. <laughs> and now we're going to get Joe's backstory. So I want to, like, yeah. as, as far back as you want to go, I like to just hear how people... I mean, music in general yeah. to now. Like, how, what's right that progression on. like? So, I going way back, um, I was, as a little kid, pretty influenced by the Michigan Marching Band, of all things. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they practiced not too far from where I grew up. Uh-huh. Because you and, grew up in Ann Arbor? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, we go down there and you hear the big thumping bass drums uh-huh. and all that, the, the cool, you know, drum corps stuff. I think that yeah. had to have had some level of influence yeah but then also Motown was a big huge influence as well yeah you know Detroit being you know right there yeah um, it was on the radio all the time um, my dad listened to a bit of disco here and there mm-hmm. um, and then also had some jazz and classical music growing up I can see how you put all those so, in a blender and you end up with it? modular synth music <laughs> like really I do like, like, yeah, yeah. You, you listen to like the, the, the tight snare of a marching band yeah mm-hmm. I can see I can see all that yeah and then in like you know the 80s and 90s we had the Detroit radio at night time would turn mm-hmm. into like you know party central and you get all the like the booty bass stuff going on and, and all that kind of stuff and it was like this crazy infusion between like um, hip hop and techno kind of thing mm-hmm. going on that was really awesome to to just kind of you know grow up with that was kind of the vibe that, that I was yeah. going through Cause you're um, probably a little young to have been around for like the birth of like the Detroit techno stuff, right? When that was mostly in the '80s. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't going to Detroit then. Yeah. Yeah, I was more in going into Detroit and playing in Detroit in like the '90s. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to it from afar, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like me with grunge. Yeah. Like I was too young for it to be fully impactful, and I was. 80 miles away so it might as well have been on the east coast you mm. know like I got no real connection to it but. yeah um so then you know I got into computers and and I played in band for a while and things like that and so I had you know classical musical um you know, background played the oboe and things okay. like that okay. so I could read sheet music mm-hmm. um, do you still play no, 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 I don't play oboe anymore. <laughs> that would sound awful. <laughs> Sounded awful back then, too. <laughs> yeah. um, but I had this weird obsession where I thought, like, hey, you know, yeah, I'm in, like, high school band or something mm-hmm. like that, and I'm um, thinking, you know, if uh, I could make the most, what would be the perfect music, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you think we're playing music by a composer so what they wrote on the sheet is probably what they had 
truly intended. Mm -hmm. So then what they have on the music sheet is probably perfect music in quotes. Uh -huh. And you know, I'm, this is young mind thinking this through, so uh -huh. it's not like fully baked yet. Uh -huh. and, and thinking, well, you know, since we're not so good at this, <laughs> we're probably getting in the way of what the, 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 the composer intended. Mm -hmm. So I went through, and this was back geez in the 80s or whatever the you know and I had a computer with MIDI on it and a little keyboard that had some MIDI stuff so I programmed out some opera song or something like uh -huh. that I don't remember it I don't even remember what it was but but I programmed it out perfectly and I said oh this is gonna be the perfect music like no you know dirty humans getting in the way and and you know messing it up with their uh -huh. imperfections and stuff yeah. press play <laughs> And it was what we recognize now as awful MIDI music. <laughs> yeah, and, were you just programming notes and no, like, no envelopes? Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, quote unquote, humanization uh -huh, or anything like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so it was, it was totally robotic and awful sounding. And I thought, what has happened? So that just totally crashed that whole idea that you. Were exactly. Okay, yeah. And this okay. is when I started realizing that there's this kind of interpretive portion to music mm -hmm. and art and everything. And that was this. And that had a big impact on me as I went through it and, and my relationship even with technology itself. Uh, yeah, I was going to um, ask, did yeah. you maybe start going maybe to a little bit more, rather than programming, than something that you'd have to actually play and, and, and manually interfe interface yeah. with? Yeah, so that, you know, it threw me for a loop for a while and I started trying to figure it out and I started doing things like hand playing stuff mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and, and that, yeah. I totally learned all of that. I also started learning about, th you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there's no internet, so you right, get what right. you, <laughs> yeah. you get. So, so I read this book about some tape artists. Um, uh -huh. Like music concrete stuff? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one guy, and I wish I could remember his name, but I can't, but he did all these crazy things, like including like, like lighting tapes on fire and burying them in his backyard for a month and then like you know <laughs> rather, like you know thinking this is cool uh, like, yeah yeah <laughs> how does that mean and this this idea of the physicality uh-huh of the music uh because music itself is not really physical mm -hmm. it's it's sort of energy based and it's virtual in a sense but right. but that the, the dependency on physicality and that interplay between the physical and the virtual is another one of those funky dichotomies that I've really huh. loved playing with. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so what was your first, I mean, other than oboe, like when you, mm -hmm. oboe seemed like maybe that was the school instrument. What was the first, yeah, yeah. like, me instrument? It's a Yamaha PSR 85, which I still have. The same one? Yeah. Oh same wow, one. that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of us are like these weird, like, <laughs> like give and take magpies, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, um, still work? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And my Sweet. kids are using it now, mostly. Really? Yeah, oh, to awesome. learn piano and everything. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you get into sense. Mm -hmm. When does modular come into play? Modular comes in about maybe four or five years ago. Okay, like when it really started. I know it started yeah. picking up again in the 90s, but... I had a friend who lived in Flint who ended up out in Arizona, and he had modular for a long time, and I knew that I liked it, but I also knew that 
I didn't want to go down that path. Especially, even four years ago, it was so much more daunting to get into than it is now. Yeah, yeah. And I had kind of had a hiatus when I went into grad school and had kids and mm -hmm. stuff. So there's about five to almost ten years of like inactivity in the music world yeah. there, which was kind of like smack in the middle of that, you know, of modular coming up into yeah. You know, like the Euro or Iraq yeah. modular, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but there was also back in the late '90s and early 2000s, I was working with somebody um, who had, I think it was a Paya mm -hmm. rack back yeah. then, and you know it was very cool. Had that, you know, kind of sound. So I knew about it. I knew what it was all about. But again, I was like, I don't really quite want to go down that route. But at one point, I convinced myself that I was going to make myself these. Outboard um, effects units that I wanted to like just crazy tactile things because uh -huh. I'm sick of the computer, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I was going to take the audio out of the computer and into some modules I was going to make and back out. And I thought, well, Eurorack is popular, so I called up my friend and was like, you know, what's how do I, you know, what are the standards, how do I do this, and everything. They said and, there's no standard. Yeah, <laughs> they pointed me to like Dopefer's page yeah, and that uh -huh. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started muck, mucking around with that stuff. And if you see some of my really early stuff, you'll see like there's like a big huge spring, and I was using uh -huh. all this other mechanical stuff, and I was sort of using that format. And then that slowly just turned into me getting a clouds, and then getting you know it went on and on from there. <laughs> and, and it was funny because I was I think I was like in denial for a long time because I didn't get an actual proper VCO for like two years really <laughs> I think yeah <laughs> did you just well, <laughs> did you just excel from then then like, like was that like uh, like uh, I'm trying to think of like a good like metaphor for that but I feel like if, if you were if you're using Eurorack for a few years mm -hmm. before you got a VCO and you got all like the just kind of the basics of it down more than the basics and then you get a voice in there like did you kind of did crack your head open a little bit and, or well there was a point where like I had enough stuff where I was like I don't even need the computer anymore yeah yeah and that was sort of like an, a light bulb aha moment uh -huh. and then at that moment I and I was using I think a tides as a VCO okay, okay. um and I you know you know, jury rigging up some other thing, yeah. you know, LFOs or VCOs or yeah. whatever, things like that. Or I think I had, oh, for one, at one point I had like one of the alternative firmwares on clouds. Uh -huh. I was using that as kind of VCO. Yeah, Anyways, okay. um, yeah, so that kind of aha moment where then I was like, oh, well, I need actual proper VCO. <laughs> and is this about, yeah. is this about when you uh, started getting Bill involved with it or? Right about, yeah, actually, okay. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I, st I still haven't got the total. So there's seven mm -hmm. core people who mm -hmm. started it. And how did you find all these seven people? So it started off in a way with Jason Engling and I were doing, trying to get back from our hi hiatuses from mm -hmm. music. And we said, well, the only time we have available is like from six to seven in the morning. And we're like, well, oh, yeah, oh we could do yeah, coffee cup sessions. Yeah, I so, remember you telling this yeah. story on Darwin's show. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we took yeah. our music gear and set up in a coffee shop and we'd play <laughs> there. And, you know, uh -huh. people would look at us weird and we'd uh -huh. just, you know, jam out for an hour, half hour, whatever we uh -huh. could before work. <laughs> and it set the vibe for the day really yeah. well and everything. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> and then we realized that we liked talking a lot. 
about this stuff and we re reminisced about the old days uh -huh. and said well we should get bill out because you know remember he did stuff too and so yeah. we got him out and then we and it just kind of snowballed from there and when then and you know they'd come out for a little jam here and there and mm -hmm. then um, we realized that we all like talking so much that we were like well let's just go to a coffee shop just to talk for a while uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then from there yeah, we kept doing that regularly and then after a while we were like this should be a thing uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and we all were like really into making stuff and mm -hmm. um dan blades um who's another guy who joined in he was making his own things by then um um, I don't know if he was making Eurorack modules, but he was making self-contained uh -huh. um, things. Okay. Um, and we had um, you know, lots of other people doing lots of different things, and we were like, well, if we all kind of combine, we could do some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And we you know, picked up the Teensies, which is the Arduino-based yeah. thing, mm -hmm. yeah. played around with a lot of those, and yeah. So, but you, like earlier when you were talking about getting, when you first were getting into stuff, um, first getting into the modular side, you were building stuff. So. Do you have any background in electrical engineering, or were you just kind of circuit bending stuff? And was it out of necessity or like interest, or which like it's always fascinating. Sometimes yeah. it's sometimes people are more just interested in doing it, and then some people are mm -hmm. I need this and I can't afford it, so I have to learn how to make it. <laughs> yeah, so you hit it right on the head with uh, I. My background is in circuit bending, mm -hmm. and so a lot of that I did in like the 80s and 90s, and early 2000s. Okay. Um, and so I don't have an electrical engineering proper background. Right. Um, and there's a lot, tons I can learn, which is one of the things I like about it is because I can learn more as I yeah, do this stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it is really just, you know, that, that inability to have fear about trying stuff out because I've circuit bent so much stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, Which so a lot, you've broken a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the combination of that, um, you know, just you know, diving in both hands and both feet mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> into something, yeah. trying it out. Um, and then also the rapid prototyping of late, which is really easy to do. Like you can send off to Osh Park, and a couple weeks later, bam, you got something to try. And yeah, because you like you. I meant you mentioned mm -hmm. Eagle earlier, so you're designing yep. stuff, and you know, you could send stuff out and get it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. I, I wish that's something that I wish I could get more into. I, I, I had like a DIY stint there for a bit, but now with like the podcast, just the just the editing alone of that, it's like oh, I can't do any DIY stuff anymore. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that, and I would love to learn how to use stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of just, I just kind of just broke, went on a tangent and broke our, our, uh, my concentration. And I'm also on like my sixth beer of today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about uh, uh, your Verzerin. How would you say it? Yeah, Verzerin. Yeah. So it's a, it sounds mm -hmm. German. It, yeah, yeah. It's an old moniker from. Yeah. 20 years ago or so. Okay. I was, I was feeling clever back then, uh -huh. and it's German for distortion. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to yeah. talk about the uh, the robot versus aliens project that you did because I yeah. I mentioned it on the show and we did a giveaway and and you sent me the the postcard thing and it was very it was a tangible mm -hmm. interaction with a piece of art in the age of where everything's on your you know, on your freaking computer that's attached yeah. to your wrist. This was a very cool 
departure from that and it was very involved and it was over what I liked about it and I want to know if this is I I'm very good at asking leading questions so yeah. I'm sorry but um, <laughs> was the whole postcard aspect of it almost kind of a response to how immediate everything is now or yeah let's, well, I guess yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. what it is first yeah. <laughs> so robots versus aliens it's it's one part science fiction story mm -hmm. set in the future and it's one part album like music album and then one part kind of like cartoon style you know images yeah you know postcard yeah right. yeah yeah comic book i should say not yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um and i partnered up with an amazing artist um he goes by art Oridge, um and he's um, you know, it was amazing working with him because I would send him sketches of the music I was doing and he'd send me sketches of the art that he was doing and we kind of fed off each other in mm -hmm. some ways. Um, but, uh, so the postcards, yeah, it all fell together because there were a few things I was trying to explore. One was time and space. Mm -hmm. um, so in the content of it all, I was exploring that. But I also wanted to explore, because I, um, you know what does it mean to do a physical release these days yeah you that's know a great question and i was thinking like i yeah, i could release another cassette or i could do a vinyl but mm -hmm. that's really expensive yeah and you know time my parents yeah. and like two other people are gonna buy it that's yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> and, um but uh you know, so like, uh, yeah, what does it mean? And, and I started really reflecting on what is it about physical releases that I like? And it really got down to the, being the artwork mm -hmm. and the, the visual aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I was thinking, you know, I have never sat down and purposefully wrote an entire album. I, all of my releases have been like collections of stuff that I've recorded over a year or something okay. like that. Or okay. like you know, chopped up versions of live stuff, things uh -huh. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I thought, well, I want to do that. And um, and so I sat down and I, I sketched out this really high level kind of story arc uh -huh. that I thought I was kind of cool. And I thought, well, then each song could be like a chapter in one of the, you know, in the life of these characters, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then I would be able to have these kind of common themes and like, so when the robots come, then they would have certain musical characteristics. When the aliens are there, they'd have you know, certain characteristics, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so I started writing some of this out and, and um, the artist I mentioned was really into it. And, and I was like, well, I can write some more details so that it's helpful for you when you're drawing some of this stuff. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And I started writing more and more and and sharing it with a little few other people and they were like this is great we gotta you know i want to hear more about uh -huh. this story and yeah. so i kept writing more and then i was like well we should make it so that it's a real story and so then at first we th we were thinking of like um making a poster or something like that uh -huh. that we would send out but then after a while of negotiating this all through we figured out that postcards with like snippets of what the characters were saying back and forth to mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. was probably a cool idea. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. It really was, because I've had, before I saw this, I'd, I've been kind of thinking of like, can I 
I've almost wanted to like score a short story or something. You know, or like because it's, mm -hmm. it's always kind of like, how do you do a physical release, and how can you make it exciting? And this idea of getting these things that are over a, a period of a month, and like, do you send them in a sequence, or do you kind of just? Because I feel like when I got yeah. them, I had to kind of line them up and like, <laughs> and fig and kind of figure yeah. it out for myself, which kind of made it more fun. It's very like, it's very interactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And having it be like postcards that are literally like what you would write on a postcard mm -hmm. to somebody while telling a story. I don't know. You, you really, really did something really cool. I'm Thanks. It's kind of blathering now. But, yeah. Um, so it starts off with like a letter from one of the main mm -hmm. characters mm -hmm. and a couple snippets from their diary. Right, right, yeah. And that's how it starts off. Um, and then from there you get... I send out at least a postcard about every day or every other day mm -hmm. to whoever you know purchased it, and so because of the beauty of the post office, you never know what order they will actually <laughs> yeah. show up or anything. Which and it, I think is part of the fun of it. Yeah, really. and it, it's yeah. part of the story too, uh -huh. is because these are like transmissions from the future, you uh -huh, know, and right, so you right. never know. This is kind of sloppy. They kind of show up whenever they show uh -huh, up, and that kind uh -huh. of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, the whole conceit is that you have to piece together the story uh -huh. so that you can avoid this horrible future that they're living through, right. essentially. Okay, yeah. that's, oh, I love that. And we've mentioned the artist, but I have to say, like, the art of it is so fun. Yep. It's such a, like, um, it's, it's simultaneously original art, but has a classic sci-fi feel yeah. to it. You know, it's kind of got, like, a, a modern twist on a classic yeah yeah and it's all black and white and everything mm -hmm. yeah um do you have any more left can people still get this yep yep that's a, you can still get it okay yep. and how do you do that um so you go to it's called aerozine50.bandcamp.com a-e-r-o-z-i-n-e yep yep right yeah and they have them for sale there Okay, I I, yeah, yeah. I mentioned it before, but yeah, like now that now that we've talked to the maker, I really advise the listener. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's fun to get a cassette, but like something like this, like when I, they just kept coming, and my wife was like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, it's an album. She's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, it's like." <laughs> it's kind of yeah. That's the kind of stuff I like is where it's a little bit of this and that and the other thing. And, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. A, I thought it was a really um, interesting and innovative way to approach that question of how do you, how do you release anything anymore like yeah, digitally? Yeah, like, yeah. like, cause you put so much time into making, you know, this music, and it's. I don't know. For me, it's like it's 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 just it's like a snapshot of who I am at that stint in my life when I'm mm -hmm, making it and it's mm -hmm. like all I think about and it's so important to me and then you know you release it and you see like oh five people listen to it yeah. well what was that last year <laughs> of my life for <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it was very interesting to see that um, well I think I'm getting maybe a little too buzzed to uh, be any more coherent but is there anything that we haven't touched that you want to shout from the modular mountaintops. I think that's about it. Right on. Yeah. It's been a great year, and we're looking forward to more good years. Yeah. And yeah. if people want to get involved in North Coast, yep. how do they do that? So hit up uh, northcoastmodularcollective.com and come out to a meetup 
and then we'll get you snapped in from there. Mm -hmm. And then also the, all the different, uh, what are the different uh, face plates that you guys have available and module stuff that you, like do you have, you have DIY kits or you're selling the faders and yeah so right now we have the <coughs> the Lodi malts are out available we have a few different there's the clouds uh, alternative panel for the that's specifically designed for a camera um, beat repeat um, I think we still have some of the plates or plats Sorry, <laughs> the plat plats uh, alternative panels out as well, um, and around August first, we're going to be releasing the Flint Fader. Okay. Which is yeah the zero to five volts utility. Okay. It's just a simple fader. Two HP. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right on. Um, and you said August second. Oh, right around August first. August first. Okay, yep. so this mm -hmm. will be out. You are listening to us in the past now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that, that's North um, NorthGhostModularCollective.com. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Thank you. All right. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do some weird, tricky time travel. So we stopped recording that episode. I think it was on Saturday, and then a few days later, we got together with Nick, and we recorded that episode. And then we f we went out for drinks afterwards and realized that. There was no talk of any patch challenge, so I decided to draw some uh, some words for uh, for Joe and Nick. So sorry, Bill, but how about this, Bill? How about I uh, I do a little drawing for you right now? All right, Bill. Detailed erosion. Detailed erosion. If you'd like to make this and send it to me next week, I'll play it on Nick's episode. <laughs> That's going to be all sorts of backwards. So let's check out Joe Bauer's Kind Magnitude.
Okay, wow, that was harder than I thought it'd be. <laughs> the 15 minutes flew by and I realized while doing it that usually I take a long time to overthink patches. And I had a general idea of kind of what I was thinking I was gonna do. Um, but while I was in the middle of it, I realized what I was thinking I was gonna do was way more complex than the time allowed. So I had to kind of on the fly strip things down from what I was thinking I was gonna do. And so along the way, it ended up kind of moving from kind magnitude to like ominous, like <laughs> coming to get you sounding. <laughs> I think I think that the, uh, the chords uh, really caused kind of a, a dissonance and I didn't quite have enough time to, to tune them properly. So I, <laughs> yeah, they might've been off a little bit there and really sounding more, much more uh, ominous and gruesome than, than kind. But uh, overall, that was a fun challenge. Um, it really, at least process wise, made me kind of strip back and think um, a little, less about things um that was kind of an interesting challenge um it made me drop down to like what are the bare um necessities to to make things like you know i didn't even have a snare drum or a hi-hat in there i was had these grand lofty thoughts of putting a third voice in but phew, no no time for that and i you know definitely didn't have time to do much more than just the like little the architect to do four note arpeggio um, I was gonna do all sorts of things with the envelopes against the filters and against the <laughs> different values or the CV inputs on the the instro modules here for sound design but geez yeah um, not much can happen in 15 minutes I, I probably just sit here staring at one module just thinking about what I want to do with it for more than 15 minutes when I'm making a patch so yeah that was a that was a new uh, a new experience for me all right thanks guys Look at that we did it part one of the north coast modu modular collective um we'll be back next week and we're going to be meeting nick and uh, joe will be there as well and it'll be a little bit quieter of a of a recording session uh go to velocity seattle to learn more about velocity the uh the one day festival we're having here in seattle october 5th um please go to patreon.com forward slash project modcast if you would like to help support the show uh needhamwoodworks.com if you want the coolest eurorack case you'll ever find um dpw.se to learn more about the four band distortion expertsleepers.co.uk go check out all those sweet sweet firmware updates man the disting is just so cool and it's so cool to hear how many of you guys um have got a disting because you heard about it on the show um i've been posting every once in a while and seeing like okay what modules have i demoed that have inspired you to buy them um because it's hard for us to track and i want to i want to make sure that the uh that i'm doing doing right by the uh the manufacturers and and so we can both see uh how that this whole relationship's working so if you've picked up any module because you heard about it on the show please give us a shout out 
via email or tag us in a post or, or something and let me know what you got. Patchworks.com. Uh, go buy something from Patchworks. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Um, I think that's it. Go check out all the links in the show description to learn more about North Coast. And uh, yeah, until next week. <laughs>